0: Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. I'm your host, Nick Palkuski, and here is Martin Grunberg. Martin, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the podcast. It's epic to be here, Nick. I love it. I love it. So, Martin, we always love to start off these podcast episodes with the good things to report. So do you have anything you would like to report?
1: Well, let me think. <laughs> I should have this handy. <laughs> um, so I love, I feel like I just mentioned this, but but it was mostly about the Habit Factor second edition. So So this one is about where the pressure paradox is going and and i love um for me the the good thing is it's 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 shaping up nicely and what i'm realizing nick is there's an incredible parallel between if you can believe it and i'm sure you'll recognize it between habit and pressure mm. and there's so many similarities but but first off they're both traits of energy right so habit is this patterned energy and and pressure of course (laughs) is is a i mean there's a mathematical formula for it so anyhow to keep it short uh the gtr is yeah the pressure paradox is moving along nicely
0: and for our listeners who might not know what is the pressure paradox
1: the pressure paradox is uh that's a good point (laughs) Pressure Paradox is the next book, and it's it's actually complementary to the Habit Factor.
0: Yeah, and I'm definitely excited to talk about that uh, later on in future episodes because I do think it complements all of this very well. So yeah, that that'll be exciting.
1: What's your GTR?
0: Uh, my GTR is actually uh, I get, got the chance to go home this last weekend. Um, I live about three hours from where I grew up in a very rural part of Wisconsin. And it is bow deer hunting season now, so I got the oh. chance to kind of go out in the woods, uh, hang out with the family, um, in the meantime, and then go out in the woods and actually spend a very fun Saturday out in the woods, just kind of seeing all the deer. And it was it was one of the best hunting uh, weekends I've had in a long time.
1: That's amazing. So, so you nailed stuff with the bow. Yeah.
0: Uh, yep. I got two doe. <laughs> I got two doe. <laughs>
1: okay. Hopefully, that doesn't. To <laughs> piss too many people off.
0: Hopefully not. Well,
1: the freezer is full, so it's all right, good. Right, there you go. And and they have a season, I'm sure, for a reason.
0: Exactly, in other words, yes. yeah, uh, Yes, very much so.
1: Well, cool. Um, What do we got going next?
0: I love the topic of this episode, to be honest. I'm really excited to talk about this because I do think it's something that a lot of people hear about, and I'm really interested in your take. But we're going to talk about why SMART Goals aren't smart, Um, would you like to explain what SMART Goals are?
1: SMART Goals is a methodology for goal achievement that I believe originated in 1981. It came out of, unfortunately, I don't have his name handy, but but it came out of a business magazine, and and it's an acronym, of course. And the funny thing is, by the way... (laughs) You know, it reminds me of you, you talk to a person, you got 10 people in a line. And as you go down the line, the story changes. So today (laughs) the acronym for each letter has about six different words, but originally it was specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. And by the way, it is smart. It's not not smart. It's just... Um, things have evolved, let's put it that way, particularly with, with the habit factor. And, you know, that was 1981. What what it overlooked in grossly and, and really every other strategy since then as it relates to goal achievement is this idea that it, it mentions nothing about habit. Mm-hmm. And so I think the joke was if, if it, you had a Boston accent, it's sm- smarter, smata. <laughs> You could, you could throw an H on or something. Um, but yeah, the idea is it's, it's a great methodology. It's, it's an important one, but it, it overlooks the involvement in the role habit plays in goal achievement.
0: Mm, mm, Yeah, definitely. So how would you suggest that people adjust it or, you know, use, uh, smart goals to actually make them smarter to make them work better to actually improve them yeah exactly smarter
1: so so let's take it from the top so so specific great criteria again these are this is not there's nothing dumb about this um you got to be specific you got to know what the the end looks like the end goal as specific as you can it's got to be measurable. And by the way, that's where, whether it's the tracking sheet or, or the free app, you 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 measure and you track. What gets measured gets done, right? Mm. You got to track it. So specific, measurable, it's got to be achievable. If it's, you know, defy gravity is my specific goal, I'm going to have a hard time doing that. Um, relevant, it's got to be relevant about around things that are important to you you're passionate about in in time bound you got you got to have a deadline even if you miss it you want to be shooting for something right Mm -hmm. i'll tell you i do a lot of talks where i i guess it's because i'm so deep in this i think everybody has heard about smart goals and it clearly sounds like you have but it's you'll there's a ton of people who've never heard about the smart goals methodology what what we're trying to do is not just presume you've heard about it but if and when you hear about it realize what you can take away from it and what's what's lacking or missing right
0: yeah so basically like the smart goal system is essentially just that first step you know you you need to add the habits onto it after that you need you know smart goals are great for defining everything but they're not the actual action plan
1: correct so So I wanted to, and quickly do this while we're on air, but, but yeah. So I just pulled up the Wikipedia article about this and, and this is what they say. Specific, measurable, assignable, which is funny. That would be the business realistic and time bound or time related. But let me give you the variations (laughs) for S significant, stretching, simple, sustainable for M. Measurable, motivational, manageable, meaningful. For A, there's like a dozen. Appropriate, agreed, achievable, assignable, attainable, actionable. Um, For R, relevant, result-based, results-oriented, resourced. And then T, time-bound, time-oriented, time-framed. So anyhow, you get the picture. It's a good framework. And those are important criteria What I wanted to make sure we do is say that's, that's because it's, and I think this is the important point because it's the most common, even if you've never heard of it, it's the most common best practice. There's, there's a few things omitted, particularly how habit affects goal achievement. So yes, I would say augment, use those criteria, augment with something like the habit factor, which is going to help you focus on the core related behaviors that are going to help you achieve your goal.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So when people are setting goals, when they're figuring out what their goal is, um, how do they actually go about creating those habits, go about taking that action? uh, And what trips people up the most is, I think, where I really want to go with this. You know, we have these goals. What really keeps people from achieving their SMART goals, from getting those habits into place and creating lasting habits? So
1: there's a couple things. One is the, the biggest thing, from my experience, that holds people back is their, their mentality. So one thing you'll hear a lot, Nick, and you probably do, is, is people will say, well, I'm just not disciplined enough. Or I don't have the willpower. It's their way to kind of, you know, gives them the side door out, and that's a bit tragic. So, so if you if you find yourself using that excuse, just know this: those are those are habits in and of themselves. In other words, setting the bar low and just establishing discipline, even if it's even if it's this idea that I'm not going to eat a cookie tonight. Right. And by the way, that reminds me when we're talking about habit, (laughs) not to deviate too much, but you cannot spell habitat without spelling habit. The reason that's important and the reason I'm bringing it up is habitat affects and influences your willpower and your discipline. So you're asking, where do people start? And I'm just saying, or where do they struggle? A lot of times it's just this kind of self-belief. They've defined themselves as, you know, I'm not a goal achiever or these things. uh, I I don't have the willpower. I don't have the discipline. So I'm here to tell you that any of these things are developed as habits. And you set the bar low. And you want to look at your habitat. So if it's, you know, first thing I do when I walk in after work is I go grab a beer. And you realize that's probably not what I want to be doing then how do you modify your habitat, right? How do you change that so that's not an option? And then you have the intention to not do that. And so that helps build the discipline. I guess what I'm saying, Nick, is if people say, well, and they do this all the time, wow, that athlete is so disciplined. I'm not saying discipline doesn't exist. What I'm saying is what they're really saying is that person has phenomenal habits, right?
0: And yeah,
1: they They- they have the habit of eating right, of working out, which makes them appear disciplined. But those are that's a byproduct of habit.
0: So how do you actually go about developing discipline? Is it just by creating habits that kind of link together? Is that what kind of creates discipline? Or what is, I guess, what is discipline at the core? And how can our listeners go about m- becoming more disciplined? So
1: here's the funny thing. There's a couple of funny things. So one is, one is discipline is doing what you ought to do when you ought to do it, whether you feel like it or not. That's not the, that's not the Webster's dictionary definition. Uh, They would probably tell you something like behaving uh, in a way that shows a willingness to obey rules or something along those lines. But, but doing what you ought to do when you ought to do it, regardless of how you feel. And there's a funny quote. I can't cite the um, author, but the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is that successful people have make the habit of doing the things unsuccessful people don't want to do. Mm -hmm. You might have heard this. But where I'm going with this is it gets funny. The funny thing is the successful people don't want to do them either. They don't (laughs) want to, you know, they don't want to wake up early. They don't want to work hard, right? They've just made and created and developed those habits. And the funny thing is, or the interesting thing is, because of that, it gets easier over time. Whereas the people who avoid the difficult things, right? They put it off. They don't develop that habit muscle or that habit strength. And, and ultimately it just gets harder yeah. rather than easier.
0: Yeah. And it's basically, there's another good saying where I, and I can't think of it exactly now, but essentially you either uh, suffer the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. You know, it's about. Suffering that, like short, that short-term that short pain um, to be disciplined, to live in the moment, to do what you're supposed to do uh, on a day-to-day basis and then have the rewards down the road. Or you live kind of a mediocre life and never really have those rewards and you're just constantly suffering.
1: I love it. That's a good one.
0: Yeah, so I actually want to jump back a little bit to what we were talking about, creating a habitat why is our environment so important to our habits? And yeah, let's just go there. Why is the environment really so important so, to those habits? So
1: not that we're out trying to break, <laughs> I don't want to call them best practices, commonly accepted. So so one of the things that's going around as it relates to habit is this idea of cue, routine, reward, right? It's mm-hmm. a, They call it the habit loop. And I'm not saying again, it's like smart goals, it's not not smart. it's just it's not necessarily accurate or something you need to be worried about. But I will point out that the cue part is certainly interesting, in other words, every behavior can be teed up by so so as I say, I walk in after work and there's a beer, right that's a mm-hmm. the cue behavior and reward type things. So so the the habitat is so critical because it relates around the cue. So when you see a friend at work if you have the habit of going outside to get a smoke or some people smoke after sex or after a meal, right? Those are those are cues and so having that awareness is significant. But what the habit factor would say is having the intention is far more important right Mm -hmm. in other words if you have the intention you take the habit factor worksheet and you go through those and you set your target days and your actuals and you know what you're going to do and you plan it out then you have an awareness around the queue and so you in, in essence aren't necessarily affected by it but to your question about how you can control or affect the hab, uh, habitat. One of the things I did early on when I was working on the running habit was put shoes in front of the door. Mm. So I knew on a, and a target day, on a running day, I would have to walk over those shoes, right? Mm-hmm. And there they were waiting for me to put them on and, and go run. So So you can use your habit or habitat or your environment to influence behavior. We do it I mean it's happening all the time whether we're aware of it or not.
0: Mm, in fact,
1: true. part part of that is is in the pressure paradox where pressure is obviously an environmental factor. So how how that influences behaviors and habits and how habits are formed is is very interesting. But once you move from cue to routine, what's a routine? A routine is just a bunch of habits really. Yeah. So I might be wake up early, brush teeth, go to the bathroom and meditate, stretch, right? and that's a morning routine. And then what I think is funny about the Q routine reward is this idea of a reward because I don't need if I if I use for instance the worksheet and I have the intention of running, I the reward for me is checking the actual column, if it were a target day and doing my three mile run. I don't need to get a cookie, right? So, so anyhow, it's it's just I'm I'm kind of drawing a parallel between smart goals and this idea of the habit loop, cue, routine, reward, and and how really the idea of intention, using intention and planning the behavior and then acting is as effective if not more particularly when you go back and you raise the bar and you do it again and then you do it again and every four weeks you increase the frequency
0: Mm. yeah and I, i think i think that right there is probably the key is you know planning it out but then continue to kind of raise that level to improve it just that little bit more uh and I, like, like you said, I think that's what's really creates that habit strength that really locks those habits in and allows people to make that a part of who they are.
1: That's exactly it. And, and again, it's so much. So uh, it, it's more powerful than and, and I'm trying not I'm doing my best not to mention this other book that talks about that. But it's far more powerful to use a planning worksheet and go through four weeks of tracking which this other book doesn't even really mention the the concept of tracking, which is funny. And and then analyze your performance and look back and reflect and say, can I raise the bar or do I need to lower the bar? Mm -hmm. And then you do it again. And then ultimately over time, you're developing consistency and you're developing a habit. And yes, there are all sorts of various ways you can, influence or modify your environment or your habitat um you know you don't want to eat chips the first thing you need to do probably just throwing this out there is go into your pantry and throw away all your chips
0: (laughs) it's it seems like a pretty good idea
1: yeah but it's it's gonna make it hard to eat chips yeah yeah definitely
0: definitely oh that and i think i think that's exactly it and i know i'm i'm a person that can't have like sweets and junk food in the house just because I tend to eat them all the time. So I kind of do a lot of that thing. If I get some, maybe I'll have a snack a few t- for a few days, but then it's like, okay, I got to throw out the rest of the bag or whatever it may be. C- just cause I know I will t- demolish them within the next like two, three days. If I don't get rid of them from the house completely.
1: Well, and, and, and by the way, the environment is so strong, that you have to have that awareness around it. I, I credit a friend slash neighbor. Uh, I gifted him some, some very fine whiskey, and he looked at me, and I didn't know this, and he said, basically, no thank you. I can't have this stuff lying around my house. You know, He'll drink wine, I'll drink beer, but uh, no thank you on the whiskey. Mm-hmm. But this was a man who clearly understood the influence of his environment upon his behaviors. So, so yeah, I mean, a takeaway is go find a way to, to modify your environment to support the behaviors that you want to craft.
0: Oh yeah, that's awesome. And I think that's a great kind of point here to kind of leave on. And I, and I think that's really a good action step for our listeners is for some of those habits you're trying to create Think about what your ideal environment needs to be for that and work to actually create that.
1: Yeah, that's great. Whatever the behavior is, again, whether it's sticking shoes by the door, um, buying, you know, a new outfit, um, cleaning (laughs) the house, emptying the pantry there, but, but the environment has uh, a monster influence over, over the way we behave.
0: Definitely. So Martin, as we kind of get ready to wrap up this episode, do you have any final words for our listeners? Um, so this is a,
1: I keep saying it all comes back to habit. So, so I'll leave you with this quote. Watch, and I'm sure you've, you're familiar with it. And by the way, the author is about eight different people on the internet. So <laughs> I won't credit it to anybody. But watch your thoughts, for they become words. Watch your words, for they become actions. Watch your actions for they become habits and watch your habits for it becomes your character, which we talked about a little while ago, mm-hmm. and watch your character for it becomes your destiny. I think you're you're probably familiar with that one, but yeah. I, I love that one.
0: That's a that's a very powerful one because it, it's so true it just kind of snowballs down the line. Uh, and before you know it, those little choices you're making can have big impacts on habits, what you leave.
1: Habits behind. to character. Habits to character.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, Martin, uh, before we close, we always like to end this with a little shout out here to uh, the Big Brothers Big Sisters. So do you have anything you want to say about Big Brothers and Big Sisters?
1: Well, I've, I've probably said everything I can say. I just uh, thank you for for. Thinking about Big Brothers, uh, considering them, whether you can donate time and be a mentor or money, um, check them out in your area. This organization has been around over 100 years, and anything that's been around that long, you know, is providing tremendous value. Um, the stories are countless, and and uh, it's countless the number of lives that this organization has changed. And by the way, not just for the, the little brothers or little sisters, but— but it significantly impacts the the mentors and the big brothers and the big sisters. So check it out in your area if you can find a way to support it. That's awesome if you're a big brother or big sister. Thank you for your service.
0: Awesome, Martin. And thank you for this excellent episode of the podcast. Thank you, Nick.
1: Another epic episode. Thanks, buddy.
0: And thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Habits to Goals Podcast. I'm so excited that you could be here with us as we explore the habit factor and how habits can actually change your life. We'd love to hear what your big takeaways were from this episode. Simply go to thehabitfactor.com slash podcast. You can find all the episodes, all the previous episodes and the show notes there, as well as all the resources that were mentioned in this episode of the podcast. I also really want to encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or whatever podcast player you listen to because we are delivering a brand new episode to you each and every single Monday, and I don't want you to miss a single one. So simply go to thehabitfactor.com slash iTunes and leave uh, and subscribe there. We'd also really encourage you, if you enjoy these episodes, the best way to show your appreciation is to simply go leave a review on iTunes because that helps so many other people find the podcast and realize that this is the podcast for them that could really have an impact in their life, their business, and in just their happiness and wellness. So thank you for tuning into this episode. Remember to go out there and create habits that lead to your success. If you're looking to grow your business using podcasting, but don't have the time to edit the audio, insert the intro and outro, write up the show notes, post the episode to all the different sites, and do all of the ridiculous back-end work that's required, then you need podcastguru.com where you bring the content and we take care of the rest. We'll even co-host the show for you. Visit yourpodcastguru.com right now to explode your audience and crush it in the podcasting world.